0: I'm gonna leave the AC running. Yeah. You know what? Sorry, goatees. We need to live our fucking lives. <laughs> so you might hear a little hum in the background. I mean, it is really record-breaking temperatures
1: nowadays, yes.
0: <laughs> 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 One more breath into the crown of the head, through the nose, <sighs> and release the anger you have towards the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One. Hi everybody, I'm Roxy And I'm Priska, And we are The Two Horny Goats, horny goats. Whoa,
0: whoa,
1: whoa. We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life Eating Asian
0: American stereotypes For breakfast, breakfast. <laughs> We're back We missed you guys so much. We missed you so much. Like, every day we were texting each other, like, why aren't we potting? Oh, because you're super busy. Okay, got it. <laughs>
1: but, like, literally this year is a challenge, darling. It's been a super challenge. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I feel like every single year I'm like, this is going to be a good year. Yeah. And then it, I mean, it still is a good year, but.
0: Is life like an American Ninja Warrior course? Because <laughs> How I feel resilient like, can you be? Right? Like, I feel like every obstacle you're like, surely this must be the hardest fucking thing exactly and now i feel like we're at the warped wall and the warped wall was over and now you're like having to climb things with just your arms and like you know i did not expect that like i no. thought look maybe we could keep a steady pace like yes. a marathon for
1: like a few miles but then all of a sudden it's like going up the steep incline for like 10
0: miles like the cost of eggs yeah it <laughs> has finally come down but like you know what i'm saying it but was the like
1: struggle is real y'all
0: so struggling what where what roxy <laughs> what is happening <laughs> With, uh, with your industry. What's Laps, happening with l- your industry? Interesting-
1: labs and mental beat? Cackle? <laughs> B. Cackle. Menti cackle. I mean, I mean, as we all may have heard, if not already, Maybe, the entertainment. And get out from under the rock you're living under, Which, honestly. I'm honestly jealous that you're under a rock. Yeah. Because,
0: like, yeah. you know,
1: the entertainment industry is falling apart right. in the best way possible, but also in a terrifying way.
0: And you haven't seen the last season of Succession, so I'm jealous of you. So, yes, 100%. <laughs> I, I fully agree. What is going on? with the fucking industry okay so
1: um wga the writers guild of america which is our writers union has yes. been striking for two months Cute. ever since may 1st Love of that 2023 all right Jesus. may 1st or may 2nd whatever don't quote me on that however okay. um just this past week actually just last friday sag aftra which is our actors union yep Authorized to strike as well because the AMPTPs, which is um you know the major motion picture alliance yep. of produ- I'm getting it wrong alliance of major major motion picture whatever. They can greedy motherfuckers yeah, like Discovery Plus, um Disney, Netflix, you know those yes. big corporate right. you know producers studios. Yes, um they basically said fuck you to all of us artists who are carrying all of their shows from the foundation up and now we are striking so basically this is this is the first time in 60 years since 1960 that the wga and sag-aftra have joined arms in striking and I oh wish that DGA could have done it as well But you know what, those are my thoughts on that DM me <laughs> to talk about that <laughs> ooh, If you wish ooh, to go into mama. that uh-huh. I mean it would be really fucking cool if yep. we could all do it But um, yeah, that's what's been Happening, so it's basically day three Of the SAG After Strike, oh striking with WGA God. And everything has stopped With writing the shows Production right. of the shows, like all your favorite ones Last of Us, you know, like wh- whatever That you're looking forward to, Stranger yes. Things Has been bumped back like four years so or whatever. Be
0: 30 by the time yes. they film it yeah.
1: Euphoria, same thing. Fuck. You know, yeah.
0: So, I mean, what does this mean? for them to be striking together. Like, I, I've heard that, like, oh, they're striking together. This is the first time in however many years. But what does that actually mean? What does that mean for the industry? Okay, for
1: the industry, for me, how I see it mm-hmm. is that, like, I see that there's a war going on, right? And, uh, like, Ukraine's Ukraine's war is really long. But just just as an example, um, it's been two months. Yeah. And we have both sides fighting. And it's, like, neck to neck. Who's going to fold first? We saw that shitty-ass deadline article Boo. about this exact, un, unnamed exact. Unnamed. Who, I don't know this was, like, a, a way of... Of intimidation whatever the language was really quite fierce sure. but basically it insinuated that they wanted to wait, wait and ice out people until they have no homes fuckers. no food and that they're desperate to work again
0: like okay. literally like how is holding. that how what are they what are the, like you know just to just to see what what their argument is what are they seeing as the future of tv and film
1: ai fuckers but also Fran Drescher,
2: yeah, our queen,
1: our
0: queen, Mama,
2: yes, Mama, yes,
1: mother, the the gruff, the sexiest gruffiest voice, yes, doing the most impassioned speech. Oh my God! If y'all haven't seen it, go watch it. Yes, basically, she put it in no better words that this is a moment for laborers. You know, this is across. This is not just an issue with the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. This is an issue across all labor industries that are fighting with this incoming technology that threatens to take all of our jobs. So if
0: not now, when? Right. 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 So, okay, with AI, so for writers, I kind of understand they might feed a lot of episodes of CSI into AI and have it spit out a bunch of episodes. How does this also work with actors? Okay, so with (laughs) actors... (laughs)
1: Okay, so there's basically been uh, a a term that has been circulating the internet about what one of these examples could be, right? So, for example, a background actor could get offered $200 to get scanned. Sorry? Yeah, okay. That's not it. That, that's just the beginning right okay you scan your face you scan your body all right okay. but then they could use your image and likeness in perpetuity
0: what in the name of fucking james cameron yeah. are they talking about so
1: in perpetuity means for those of you who don't know forever and ever so you get one payout of $200 and then your face and the actors it's all about their faces like and their body that is their their product their tool Uh, yeah and now you're just basically saying well (laughs) jokes on you like you you don't like 200 like are you fucking like that is totally unacceptable and it's and I'm just like so proud of like WGA and like SAG-AFTRA like just totally taking up arms and fighting yes. this fucking ridiculous oh my God. like situation that's exploitative, happening. Exploitative. Like exactly. Inhumane, Exactly. exactly. shit. Exactly. And wow. Just, it's just so unethical. It's like it's it's literally what, like, the th- all the work that we've done, all the business we've done together, collaboration, yeah. like, you need us, yeah. you know? And they're just saying, oh, well, fuck you, like, I don't respect you all, oh, I'm just going to run over you and then right. ice you out. And, like, yeah, we're just going to use you for your image and likeness. Oh I mean, my God. it is just so crazy. Like, I came up Mm -hmm. um, during the time when streaming was just erupting. Yes. And I, as a young filmmaker, had no idea what these contracts looked like before I started getting real contracts. Right, And so I was sort of conditioned into thinking that,
0: oh, yeah, buyout fees are just normal. Wow. You know, like, this is just the world we live in. This is just what we have to accept, right? Like, buyouts essentially are you get paid a certain set amount, but it it kind of X's out your ability to to continue making money off that piece in the future, like, through residuals.
1: I mean, it's happening with the, it's been happening with the music industry as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't
0: get, you don't get paid anything through music anymore either. So it's like, Yeah, it's like
1: the whole royalties and residuals and, like, compensating the artist for success is out the window. Meanwhile, you know, Studio experience executives have started claiming yeah. producer credit
2: fuckers
0: you know Seriously? executive
1: producer credits having done literally nothing Nothing. except bankroll it exactly fucking a yeah so it's it's literally an insult like this entire situation this entire like deal negotiated and fucking bullshit ass fucking shit yeah is just like completely taking a pile of dog shit and smearing it in our faces when we've been carrying the industry for all of this time
0: it's been alive they're trying to just literally just fuck everyone over yeah okay and I don't want anyone to mistake like I, I, I don't think that what's happening with the writers is any better or worse than what's happening with SAG-AFTRA like WGA no AMC/PTP is, is it's screwing fighting both everybody of them. over yeah exactly yes. and it's like it, it's just more easy to understand what they're trying to fight with uh, with the WGA but it's 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 a little more um, complex what's happening with, with SAG-AFTRA or it's like it, it's new territory it's brand new territory mm, but I mean
1: they're talking about like because they're saying how it translates right yeah. like yes we can understand the right you know chat gpt like writing a script right and now they're saying oh let's just scan your face and mocap it for literally anything we need like there have been actors that have been sharing their stories where they're like oh i came onto this job and they scammed my face for this one game and then a year later i saw my likeness on another character in
0: another game shut the fuck up just, like, Completely stamp and repeat. Unaware. Yeah. Oh, my. And what's, okay, what's crazy is, like, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a 30 Rock fan, um, you know, maybe not Tina Fey in this day and age, but, like, back then, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm a big 30 Rock fan. And uh, they had jokes about Seinfeld vision back in the day. And it was, like, basically they had, they owned the rights to Seinfeld's image, and uh, they could legally insert Seinfeld into whatever show they wanted to. So it was a joke that they would like insert him into like CSI. They would shoot him into a hospital, whatever procedural drama. Um, And I think at the time it was like, ha ha, how funny, because we didn't have the tech that could back that up. But the concept and the desire, the the greed behind that has always been there Yes. to be able to basically use someone's likeness uh, without their full consent Mm -hmm. and or with their consent as a buyout, but without the the, without the need for their consent from uh, uh, occasion to occasion. Right. Uh, And now it's like literally the tech has caught up to the point where this is a reality and and a very likely possibility if these strikes don't go the way we want them to. Which is terrifying.
1: It's but, terrifying. I mean, it, you know, I feel excited. I feel proud. But yeah. at the same time, there is that fear that is still instilled in there with yes. like, these billionaires. Right. You know, sitting on top of all this money being like, haha ha, you people and yep. you're crazy needs like you no know, Priska and i were having lunch earlier and we we're just talking about like everything that's been happening recently yeah. like with the submersible billionaires and like Jeez. you know what bob Iger was talking about like mm-hmm. his fucking stupid ass response to this whole thing Fucker. and like how disconnected psycho psychologically disconnected they are right from being a human being
0: right i mean obviously we've talked before on the show we think being a billionaire is essentially unethical. Right. Like from beginning to end. There's Correct. no way you can slice it where we would be like, okay. Like there's no need to be that rich. Right. But on top of that, like you're so distanced. And, and bubble-wrapped from the actual world. And yes. you don't, like, you have no concept of what a standard working actor or writer is actually going through. I mean, it's what Fran said, like,
1: usually, like, Americans, most Americans only have $500 in their savings account Jesus. for emergencies. And in this economy, yeah. $500 is, like, Gross grocery runs, you know, like, yeah. for maybe a month if you're lucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a family. Right. What? Forget about it. Forget about it. That's
0: like one Costco trip. Crazy. You know? Crazy. It's insane. It's inhumane. And actors, artists, thinkers deserve to make a living wage because they are what is pushing forward the art in this world. Without it, no matter how much machine learning there is, there's not going to be a progression forward. You need... You need human experiences.
1: And also another thing that I would love to add, because I feel like a lot of people misunderstand like why people, especially why actors and famous actors are striking when they make so much money. Let me just paint the picture for you. Mm -hmm. So you have your stars, but you also have like all these other regulars on TV shows and like people who work as like a supporting with one line, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't make, like people have been coming out with their stories. Like go on TikTok, hear about it. Like my friend, uh, James Tang, you may know him as the, the smiling internet's guy boyfriend. The internet's yeah. boyfriend smiling guy yeah. right go go check out his story he's been in the industry for 10 years yep. he's got on like three tv shows which pays him 900 a day with agents commission with taxes 900
0: a day yeah and then
1: that's like one day right yeah so you probably take home like i don't know 500 oh right and then and then maybe you do a weekly like you know a lot of these actors they show them still performing on Times square yep. part-time still way Still TikToking. Still TikToking. Yep. And like um uh Kamiko Glenn, yep. I think on Orange is a New Black right. showed all of her residual oh pay. Oh my
0: god, next to nothing. Yeah. Literally and, next to nothing.
1: Whereas in the time of Friends, yep. like all of the cast of Friends, you know, in the well, I think it was nineties, early two thousands, yep. like they made millions on of the so- Exactly. Yep. And right. so that that huge gap. Ridiculous. It's it's just they are like the people at the top are fucking scamming us, exploiting us. Wow.
0: Fuck. And stealing our craft. Yep. And for the standard working actor, um, if they don't make $27,000 a year, they don't get health care. Is that what I read? Yes, okay. you would lose your
1: care. You That's would lose your insurance. That's so fucked up. Yeah, it's so it's so wild. Like I saw this this one actor. He said that he was in the lead of a talk show and that had Julie Andrews in it. And they played him like below poverty. What the fuck? It's crazy.
0: 27,000 isn't even enough to live in no, LA. No, it's not. No. Like, he's in New York.
1: That's even crazy. Oh crazier. my God, even crazier. Yeah, yeah. it's even
0: crazy. And then, like, all
1: the time that you spend commuting, like, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and then the fact that, like, so this is like for everybody who works in the craft of, right. like, you know, filmmaking, like, it's not just your Angelina Jolie right. or like your Florence Peel. Like, we're talking about, like, there's so many other performers. Right. This is for the majority.
0: Right. So talk to us. So you were out on the picket lines on Friday. What was the vibe? What was the mood? It was exciting. Okay. It was like
1: literally like I think um having SAG join WGA. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the memes, but it's like Barbie <laughs> yes. is like SAG How is like WGA? Let's go. It's like working together or like Let's um slow this shit up. Or like Wednesday and yes. her cookie best friend. You know, it's like literally two opposite, you know, parts the Energies. two sides of the coin. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. And it was very I think I think being in united solidarity yeah. like this, especially with actors and WJ, it's so rare. I really wish DJ could have joined him, but like yeah. you know, it would have been a trifecta right. you know, of power. But essentially
0: without the without these two spokes in the wheel, like the industry grinds to a halt. Yes. In essence, yeah. Yes.
1: How long are you willing to wait, you motherfucking CEOs?
0: Wow. Will I see you out? Right? Good luck. <laughs> well good luck. You're going to have to sell that super yacht.
1: But, you know, I do want to bring up an example. And whoever's a writer in here, I hope that you hear this as well. So I have a friend of mine who told me last year before all of this was happening, because you're a working writer, you need to eat. Yep. Right. He got offered two scripts to Script Doctor. Okay. And they're shitty scripts. Okay. Shitty-ass scripts. And he goes, oh, yeah, no problem. Like They'll be like, hey, we'll pay you 10 k to, like, you know. Fix it up. Fix it up. Yeah. He goes, okay, I could do this in, like, a week they were ai generated. <gasps> Did he know that? No. Oh fuck. He found out after the fact. And he's like, "Dirty th-
0: motherfucker." We had a
1: very candid conversation, me and him, and he was just like, "Who's going to say no to 10k when they really need it?" I was like, wow. "I hear you, man." And he goes, "Yeah, I mean, like even without ai, he's like, some people write shitty scripts and you just you had no idea that sure. that was ai generated, but but this has hap- this has been happening already since last year. So just be just discern Yep. Just like be mindful. You know, I I know that we're all in a place where like we do need to eat. We need to. But this is for the bigger picture. This is for all of our futures, you
0: know? Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate some of my friends who have been offered certain like Either representing AI or AI adjacent jobs. And um, they've really been thinking about kind of the moral, ethical implications of it and the future casting of it. And yes. so I appreciate everyone doing so many like thought exercises because honestly, like I mainly work in like marketing and, you know, obviously music, but. Uh, I don't know that I thought of it that deeply other than it being like a nice tool for me to write a newsletter. You know what I mean? So it's, it, I, I think it's an important discussion. I think it's going to be an interesting unfolding of what the future, what the next 50, 60 years is going to look like. Um, but I'm so fucking glad everyone's standing in solidarity.
1: Like what Spider-Man says. Well, not Spider-Man. Yeah. His, um, uncle. His wait. uncle. Wait, wait, oh my God, I'm getting this wrong, but with great power <laughs> comes great, great Responsibility. responsibility that being said right you know everybody just keep up with the strikes you yep. know checking on each other be out there for community facts we have a very fucking interesting ass topic today we do very important one yes. though and um i want to segue into it because yep. Priska, you came up with this topic and when we were developing like the second part of season two this was at the top of your list
0: yep tell me what it is and why You know, I think part of why we do this podcast is also to call out what we ourselves need to unlearn Mm -hmm. because we're not here saying we're perfect. We're not here saying we've always been XYZ progressives, you know, Mm -hmm. but we are learning and growing every day. And that's why our goatees are the fucking best because we're just doing it together. We're in it together. You know, (laughs) today's topic is going to be confronting casual homophobia. (laughs) And yeah, and um, I'm someone who grew up in the church. And mm-hmm. I, will, I will be the first to admit that the past 20 years of my life um, have been a constant process of unlearning homophobic things that were installed into me from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Extremely young age. Mm-hmm. And I think that certain things have come up recently that made me really um, consider the things that I've still yet to unlearn and ways in which I can still learn to be a better ally. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, I, I'm not trying to be too hard on ourselves or on myself. I'm just trying to be fucking real about what still needs to be done and how entrenched these ideals are and these ideas are um, that we need to like constantly be aware of what we need to unknit.
1: I have so many questions for you. I know you wrote down all this stuff for the beat sheet, but I also... I'm so curious. Um, Before we get into... uh, Because I'm so curious to hear about Prisca and like her learned homophobia and how she did to unlearn it. But just giving context, this topic is so fucking important for this time right now. Yes. Because so much shit has been happening. Okay, first of all, we know that violence against... Black trans women has just been ongoing forever and ever unspoken about. The press doesn't give us any fucking attention about it, give them any fucking attention about it. But I've been extremely fucking fired up with what's happening in Florida, Texas and all these other states. Conservative red states. Yep. But Just, e- even more so it's like what they're banning language yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say for young children, yes. right? Like you can't say period. Yeah. And you can't say they.
0: So, yeah. So DeSantis basically passed a don't say gay bill, which we've all heard about. and right. he got a lot of press and whatever, um, which was so fucked up and stupid. Um, and a lot of like, I think a lot of teachers lost their jobs because either they had a photo of them and their husband or, you know, or, or talked about their wedding or whatever it was. Mm. Um, uh, they were meant to keep identity politics outside the classroom, right? And then now he's extended this to saying don't say they. so it's like I think I think you I think a teacher cannot explicitly ask for pronouns, but a kid can offer, I think that information great. Um, and then don't say period. So apparently before the, the the sixth grade, you are not allowed to talk about uh, 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 sexual development. First of all, or anatomy,
1: I got my period at the age of nine.
0: Guess what grade you were in?
1: Uh, Probably fourth fourth grade. And it was a terrifying thing. Yeah. There's
0: blood in your pants. Yeah. And I'm not allowed to talk about it. No. Wow. And, and like, you know, there's been stories of girls who get their period and don't know what it is. So they, 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 they've. Trigger warning committed suicide because they had no concept of what it was.
1: And also, we're not just talking about like an institution like school, like sometimes at home, it's not safe to talk about either. No, no, like, you know, it's like the schools have nurses, like, have counselors. Absolutely. Like, uh, when you're young and your brain is not developed. Where is it safe Where to go? Where are you going to go? Yeah. What resources do you actually have? And especially, you know, if you do come from a conservative background, yeah. it's probably there's more repression and yes. you can't have the it's
0: not you don't feel safe to vocalize that. But what's cre- what's like so like counterintuitive to me yeah. is that they're so intent on not sexualizing a child's body that they're actually sexualizing it by repressing this information. Interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like all of a sudden, then uh, the, a child's body—you're creating a moral battleground um, over something that's literally just their anatomy.
1: I know what you just said about policy, like right? right? It's like okay, they could the if the child is non-binary, right. They can offer, right? Their, but we know what would really happen yeah. in that environment. Exactly. It's not going to feel that free or safe. No. There's still going to be judgment. There's, there's still going to be bullied, right? Yeah. Because it restricts, you know, individuals yes.
0: from free expression. Exactly. And it creates it creates the culture. It, it, it defines what the culture will be. Mm-hmm. By cutting off certain discussions, by cutting off the naming of something, you're defining where the culture is going to go towards. Exactly. You're controlling it. You're yeah. controlling the outcome. So it's
1: like, I know that they present it this way in terms of policy, but we all know yeah. what that environment will be like. And I feel like that feeds into this topic right. so readily because you grew up going back again to yep. that church upbringing. And so my question is to you is so did your family have any queer people like they they how did they perpetuate this notion right in a way was it like upfront, or was it nuanced like
0: what was that like you know I, I do have queer folks in my family and I don't want to tell my cousin's stories but I do have two queer cousins and I think that it was a really difficult time to be queer and especially a difficult time to be queer in my family. Um, Because it's tough because I love my dad, but he holds beliefs that I don't agree with. Mm. And I think, uh, I think a church member with ill will found out something that maybe they weren't supposed to find out about my cousin's family um, and went to my father and basically asked like, what would you do if there was a gay person in your church? And my dad love him but his response was to say and this is very emblematic of his viewpoints it's like oh god would never do that to me
1: Mm.
0: god god would never let that happen Mm. this is before my dad knew Um, my family i think to everyone's credit has really grown and i think having queer people in our family has really pushed a lot of us to go beyond our prejudices and really see it for being people and not something to just be afraid of. It sucks that that had to be the thing to push it, but sometimes experiencing it and having it in your family and, and having it, having people you love be queer is sometimes the best educator. Can I ask how they taught
1: you and your sisters to see queer people before that moment
0: happened? It's a great question. It was basically looked at, the way I was taught it was that it was an abomination Mm. and that it was against nature. Um, and I remember a strong word. It very, and I, one of the first like arguments I had, the the early, early arguments I had with church authority figures, um, this person was a a teacher, um, like a basically Friday night teacher, kind of like a Sunday school teacher, but just on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, um, I just kept asking her, I was like, well, a sin is a sin, right? And if you're saved and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is like what your name gets written in in when you, you know, whatever, uh, convert, Mm -hmm. uh, really accept Jesus as your savior and, you know, all that, um, it says that you, your name can't be unwritten. So I, I was like, I don't understand. Right. I, I, I'm not understanding. There's a logic yeah. issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, w- why would they go to hell if all the sin is if all sin is the same? And, you know, and I'm sure there's probably people out there that have a deeper theological kind of like breath that probably has their own argument, but, but it didn't make sense to me as a nine-year-old, yes. 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then much less as a 13, 14-year-old. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Uh, but anything sexual scared me. And and then queer sex scared me because of how repressed I grew up. How did they respond to your question? Just yelling at that point. What? Yeah, it was like it's an abomination. Um, it, it, it I think that I think that it was scary as a teacher for the pastor's kid to be like scratching at the edges of the logic of Christianity, mm. um, a, a very conservative branch of Christianity. Mm. And so I don't blame this teacher. I I know she, she she was just doing her best, you know. Yeah. Um. But it it sticks out in my mind because, uh, it was the first time I like really could not get an answer that made any sense to me.
1: This is so wild, Triska, because yeah. I feel like we talk about. As you journey on through life and as you get older, all these pockets of your experience as yeah. a PK yeah. and your experience as like totally you know, like in Christianity totally. and like unlearning all of it and like how much is how far. How far oh yeah. my God. I,
0: I know. It it, it scares it's it, so much shit. When I look back on my journey, to be honest, is you know, I live every day and it's like, okay, whatever. I went through what I went through. But when I look back at my journey, I'm like, I'm so grateful. It's
1: a a huge weight.
0: Yeah. I'm so grateful for every friend I had that, that called me out. I'm so grateful for every, like, realization I had that I held on to. I'm so grateful for the church leaders that kind of failed me, that led me to just just breaking free and 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 then seeing how much I had left to unlearn and I'm not here to argue with anybody who's Christian like I I, I honestly like we can respect and coexist for me like I never understood how you could cherry pick one verse from Leviticus and yet like in the same breath like in the same book um you know it's kind of talking about how certain people should be stoned and women should sit on a, a pot in a tent during their period because they're <laughs> unclean and oh you shouldn't God, eat this yeah, with this. You know, yeah, there's yeah, all yeah. these rules and literally it's like one little verse in Leviticus, I guess that's an interpretation of saying that homosexuality is somehow wrong. But then, it, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how can you, how can you cherry pick this one thing just because it fits your, you know, your your narrative? And... You know, it's Christianity is such that the Old Testament uh, is basically all like uh, it's pre-Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and in the Christianity that I grew up with, it, it was kind of like Jesus fulfilled the law so that we could be free under him. Right. It's the Christianity I grew up with. Sorry. I, I, I And I don't I don't believe any of this anymore. But for the sake of argument, it's like if Jesus freed you from the law, which is basically like the stuff written in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all, all these things there's a shit ton yeah, of laws yeah, yeah, yeah. if Jesus was there to fulfill the law because apparently he lived a sinless perfect life um and you accept him and he saves you he's covering you and so to me I'm like I don't understand how a sin could be so bad to stick out from under that. And it's just so crazy that you're saying, like, freedom. Yeah. But it's, like, there's all
1: these rules connected to so it. So many rules. Right? So yeah. it's, like, okay, so you're, like, eight or nine years old. You're, like, questioning because yes. your brain is, like, trying to connect these, yes. like, logic issues yep. that are being taught to you yeah, only to be met with this is just how things are, yes. right? Yeah. So then, okay, so someone seated your father, that, mm-hmm. like, there might be someone queer yeah. in the church. Yes. And then it's, like, your family. Mm-hmm. So so that was seated. Did your family members come
0: out after that? Were they forced to come out? Like, how did that unfold? <sighs> Honestly, some of the timeline's a little blurry. Um, however, I would say that uh, I think that around that time, it was more known that one of my cousins was, was gay. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't exactly know what experience he went through, but it wasn't great. Uh, it, 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 and... <sighs> I, it pains me. It really pains me because I don't think he. I I think, a lot of the, ugh, the degayification type, thought in the church was put more upon him because it was such a. An urgent occurrence. He was the oldest son. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, and, and so, but what I do remember very clearly is I have another cousin who 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 is queer. Um, and they don't really necessarily like, like to label themselves, but you know, she is married to a woman and, um, she was basically outed at a family event. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was like very dramatic. And I didn't even know at that time I found out at that family dinner as well. And it was tough. It was really tough. And, um, yeah, I was really angry because a lot of people didn't go to her wedding. And so for me and my sisters, I was like, we are 100 percent absolutely going, even though at the time I was still not 100 percent sure where I stood on my Christianity and stuff like I was like, it doesn't matter because we love Olivia. And like um, that was kind of one of the first times that I made like a deliberate stand that I supported, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because you love her. I love her. And yeah, I was questioning a lot of things, but it didn't matter to me because I was like, she's she's my cousin, you know? Did you have gay friends outside? I think that once you go to college, you're going to have queer friends. Right. And I think that really helped me a lot, yeah. just kind of in terms of um, really forming deeper friendships with, with queer people, with queer folks, and like increasing... Uh, my exposure really helped alleviate any concerns and scared thoughts that I had. You know, I had a lot of fear because it was like this idea that you could be corrupted by them. You know what I mean? Because they were living in sin. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, even like something as insidious as like, something I would hear in the church is basically like, um, oh, like, like, I, I just remember hearing like gay people, like they're actually like deceptive. <gasps> like it was just like this seed of like they're not being truly who they are and they're living in sin so they're like they they even as friends they're like they can deceive you and or stuff like also that.
1: the narrative of like oh they're just doing that for attention like yeah. why do you have to be that flamboyant it, exactly you know guys are not like that real men are not like that it, it, it,
0: all of all of that yeah. all of it and honestly like I I grew up in a you know Chinese Christian church Taiwanese Christian church I know that there are different cultural churches that are much more stringent on gender roles mm-hmm. you know and in that way like you know I mean like it, at least in Chinese homes like sometimes it's normal for a man to do the housework or something yeah. you know mm-hmm. so so in that way I'm almost like I'm I'm glad it wasn't even further yeah extreme. yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god yeah. wow that was a doozy it,
0: it, it's a fucking dude doo- thank you for, I'm like literally sweating because it's uncomfortable because it, it, it's It's so far from where I am today. It's so hard to hear you not, not, I mean,
1: I love when you share memories like this, because for me, it really paints a picture of like what you had to overcome to become an ally for us. Right. And that it's not easy either. It's more than just like speaking up for other people, especially it's coming from such a conservative background. Yes. You really have to uproot your conditioning from
0: the ground up completely completely you have to like yeah you have to literally pull the entire thing out of the ground cut off like the rotted roots and like replant yourself somewhere else you know (laughs) but I mean you know this is like my Christian upbringing and you're you know I always have a trouble like what's Taiwanese what's Chinese what's Christian like all of mine are knitted together for you growing up in a Taiwanese household what was the rhetoric around queer people
1: I would say that when I first came to the United States and even like growing up, my parents are Democrats, mm-hmm. but they have some conservative beliefs. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I love them. Mm-hmm. And they probably won't acknowledge this now, but mm-hmm. they were homophobic. Mm-hmm. And in some essences still are, you know, there's mm-hmm. still this levels of discomfort, you know, like yeah. I don't know how my parents would be around a drag queen. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think like growing up, um my mom would say things like um, hmm. you know, why why is he so girly? Or like Ooh. not yeah. man or woman. Mm. But in a derogatory way? Very derogatory, yeah. very very much like um, they're not normal they're right? distrustful
0: almost exactly mm-hmm. and
1: like yes uh, even though I didn't come from such an intense religious background sure. I also was I, I had internalized homophobia right. as well you know yeah. and like um, anything that's queer that is strange or ordin- or not ordinary yes. was seen as like sinful or dangerous dangerous or potentially yeah just like will corrupt you again it's like we don't need that religious background it's like somehow in these like more conservative spaces. Yep. Communities in general. Yeah. It's like these thoughts and ideologies naturally form that culture. Yeah. You know? And so it's it was weird because like I've always felt really I've always been kind of fruity. You know? <laughs> right. It's like it's like Xena Warrior Princess and Gabrielle was yeah. just like my 12 year old was yes. just like, oh my god, I was just like, I was just like, this is awesome, yeah. you know, yeah. like Wonder Woman, like all of that. Like I've always, I've always, that's how I first knew, you know, that I was a little bit fruity. Yeah. And and um and then like of course like Love that being, we're like reclaiming that word. I, love, <laughs> I I'm obsessed with that. I, I love I love the word fruit. <laughs> um but yeah, it's like but then I started like um People who are more nyang, flamboyant, yeah. or like all of that. It's like something strange, alien, right. and also just not normal and like associated with lots of sex, which yes. is bad, yes. right? And also lots of drugs yep. and also AIDS. Oh, yeah, and yeah, HIV. yeah. Because we were
0: kind of growing up at the very right. tail end of the AIDS crisis. So, so, like,
1: you know, of course, my mom was the person I spent the most time with. Yeah.
0: And, you know, she was
1: just feeding what she was intaking right. as well and whatever information she was getting from like people talking to her. But it's like, oh, like they have a lot of disease
0: oh shit yeah actually that's ringing that's ringing so many bells like i'm sure you also went through that that as
1: well i'm sure that's part of the narrative as well it's dangerous it's dangerous it's like don't hang around with those people because by association you will become slutty diseased and sinful as well
0: i thought all my gay friends would i was sad i was sad i thought they were gonna die (laughs) You know what I mean? Because yeah. of all the the, the AIDS, car- yeah, bringing it back, like it, it seemed like a like a horrible thing to happen to people that I cared about.
1: Also, the the ongoing narrative about like young Asian women, yeah. is that we're supposed to be like model minorities, right. Straight A's, Kay. really straight laced, play piano, violin, yes. You know, we're just so pure, right? Yeah. To be any kind of fruity. Yeah. Would be bad. Terrifying. Terrifying. And also it's a disgrace. So then you're fighting your fruitiness. Yeah. You know, for so fucking long that
0: you begin to hate the fruit. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, when did you realize you were ripening fruit? (laughs) (laughs) And when did you learn to, to hide that in front of your family? god i
1: remembered like remember like in season 1 we had a discussion about queerness yes and um i was talking about how i still see myself with a man and getting married mm-hmm. because I don't want to disappoint my parents mm-hmm. because and then you were just like Roxy but you have to authentically live as yourself Yeah. and then I'm like I don't know like I, I feel like I've disappointed them in every single way fuck. you know like remember Yeah. you remember this and four, years and, us. Wow. <laughs> four years ago wow four years <laughs> ago I said. now I'm just like you know what like <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore like yeah. they need to work on their own shit yep. and then I'll just be responsible and accountable for my shit like you love know? them
0: but I no, have to
1: live my life I feel like I feel like to answer your question, like I've always been I feel like other people could see my gayness like way before I could, <laughs> like yeah, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like through the TV, Xena Warrior Princess was like, yep, she's clearly gay. I'm clearly We gotta keep love, making contact, guys. I loved Trimley yeah. and Street Fighter, <laughs> loved Cammy. Like, I just was upset. I never Pure liked fruit. the guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, granted, I mean, of um, course, my partner's a, a man, but like, uh, he's the only man. Like, everybody right. else could go fuck yeah. themselves. Exactly. But, like, um, and then I'm just and obsessed he's a with soft women. I love him, boy, too, oh, and I, I love him. I, I love him. Um, but yeah, I think. To, I wish I could be that person that said I knew at an early age and I expressed authentically at an early age, but the truth is I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, this question goes back to me too about yeah. allyship because, yeah. like, uh, as a per uh, you know, as a queer person, mm-hmm. it's like um, when you have internalized homophobia, yeah. it's like you're literally damaging yourself. yourself. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And and I feel like in my twenties, I was still. Fucking with that, yeah. Like I was, I loved all my gay friends, but mm-hmm. I could never be gay. Right, it's like you were I queen it. of the
0: gays, but you weren't gay. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: it's like that whole thing with um, what what is it? Um, there was there was a Supreme Court that passed recently mm-hmm. about this small shop owner who said that she will not serve yep. gay people. Because, but it's website like website
0: designer. Yeah, yes,
1: mm-hmm. her. And then she was just like, I love, I have so many gay friends, I love them. I mm-hmm. just don't feel that you know I can inherently support them uh, announcing a married. union. Yeah. I don't agree with yeah. exactly. So um, it was a little bit like that. Yeah, it was like,
0: except that couple didn't exist. BT Dubs. <laughs> oh, yeah! Fucking bullshit. It's That's, all performative. Yeah, it's yeah. all performative. It was just a toe in the water. They were just figuring yeah, stuff like out. Like if you truly have friends yeah. that are
1: close to you like that, like you wouldn't
0: want that. you change exactly. Yeah.
1: And so it was. It was sort of this thing where you know I, I was a little bit afraid of pretty... But then again, like in, in high school, my first love, Drew, yeah. I know you're listening, Yeah, you know, turn out to be gay. Like, literally all the men I've dated turn out to be gay. Like, there has not been, like, someone that was really connected with me that was, like, heterosexual. Right. <laughs> like, they all turned out to be fruity. Just, um, And I love that. And now queer I'm fucking, loving queers. I love that now. Yep. Like, now I champion that yes. notion. You but know. at the time, it, like, bruised ego It a did. Bit. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just like, gosh, why can't I just yeah. have a heteronormative relationship? Exactly, exactly. Like, why not? Right. Um, and so yeah I think like maybe I started the cusping in my 30s yeah actually wow where I became really unapologetic about who I am yep. who I'm interested mm-hmm. who I love who I'm willing to wait for like all of this stuff ah! and like the spectrums of romantic love or platonic love yes. right and then I think like you know being in this poly relationship for almost four
0: years has really freed me wow so,
1: like, oh gosh it's like yeah it's like the freedom against yes. laws this is really what it is you know and it's
0: interesting that even as you're saying this I'm like I feel that you know I think for some some people like coming out is a very kind of more like binary process like they weren't out and they they're, now they're out but I feel like with you it's just been a fluid coming out the I past love it decade. yeah uh, yeah and I just oh gosh I,
1: I, I hear this all the time yeah you know from our peers as well whether it is whether it's sexuality or work or yeah. personal goals it's like I regret, I wish I did this earlier, but I'm like, honey, now's this fucking time. We don't know what we don't know until we know. Yes. And, yes, and I I just love my thirties so much. So much, yeah. Like I feel like our forties are gonna be fucking banging. Yeah, you know what I mean. Ooh, like, yes, I'm excited. Mama. That's what we're gonna be like, boss bitches. That's like, right. Like I feel like we're falling in love with ourselves like yeah. more and more in a deeper way. Absolutely. So, Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, my parent. I don't think my mom still really like. She set- she doesn't respond when I talk about like, you know, my gayness. Yes. But like. <laughs> <laughs> but she, you know, she, she'll be like, you know, there's this recent thing that happened with, like, one of my aunts being disappointed that, like, you know, her daughter has come out as a lesbian. Oh. And then my mom's like, make like, one Oh, don't worry about <laughs> it. As long as she's happy, it's fine. But then my mom, and I was like, oh, that's great, mom, that you're so supportive. She's like, yeah, we have other people in our family like that, too. And I was, like, so excited she was going to mention me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, like, and anyone far. else but you. you know? And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> And I just went. Why well, yes, <laughs> me too. And then she like, ha. she like didn't respond to that. Right. And she's just like, in the future when you marry a man, right? Not of course. It's still
0: hard for her to completely digest or accept.
1: I, yeah, she just has a very different vision for my life,
0: and because you're an extension of her. Absolutely. which we will talk about in the next episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think she's getting a lot better at it but like you know i i think again it's this gentle unfolding yes. you know like you unfolded from like this institutionalized yes. conditioning that right. you have. and like me being like i don't want to be labeled as anything because right. i'm always
0: exploring
1: yeah. who i am
0: and i feel like you had to accept yourself before you could explore yourself. Do you, you know, Yes. You, like, I feel like you kept yourself at every, like, I, I see almost, it's like the Panama Canal. It's like, you know, <laughs> like little traps of water. Yeah. And each step you go a little further, you, you get a little deeper, you, yes. you get a little deeper and, yes. and you get a little further. Yes. But it took you so many times and you caged yourself in at every stage. Yes. And you had to really accept yourself at every stage before you could explore yourself. Which is why I'm so fucking proud of Gen Z. Because yep. I'm just like, these people yep. will
1: not let you tell them who they are. They will tell you who the fuck they exactly. are. And exactly, And that's so empowering. But like, you know, just going off all of this discourse and like sharing a little bit about our background yep. regarding this topic. What happened recently to you that triggered this?
0: Yeah, great great question. I, I, this episode topic kind of came to me because mm-hmm. recently... um kind of in the past few months like we've had more church people from abes and i's past lives come back into our lives for good reasons you know a lot of it has to do with music Mm -hmm. like me having done worship abe having done worship and he was in a christian band all these things like i feel like a lot of people have come out of the woodwork and it's been a great experience reconnecting reconnecting yeah and a lot of um a lot of these people are still in church and honestly it was like kind of a little little bit dicey at first for me to reset my boundaries of like You know, because like the word maybe, like the word rebuke was thrown around. Like, I I rebuke you for not whatever, you know? And I'm like, oh, actually, like, uh, I do not ascribe to this anymore so I appreciate it and I respect you. Do people actually use that in a sentence like oh, that? Oh, 100%. Oh, wow. It's like a church it's oh, a very it's a church, church thing. thing. Yeah. Okay, got it. And it's out of love and it's usually someone older and they're kind of like saying like kind of like rebuking you is kind of like being a, like saying like these are ways in which you've fallen out of line and out of love I'm like realigning you or like refocusing you to Jesus type of thing, right? <laughs> um and so like this is so interesting. I know, and it's weird because I'll share my viewpoints or philosophy on the world and I was met with like, oh, I just want to rebuke that of you. I think I was talking about grief or something. Right. Um. And I was like, oh, actually, I, I don't ascribe to this right, anymore. Right. You know. Good for you. And I felt eh, honestly, I felt a little shaky about it inside, but it came out like, you know, pretty good. That's growth for me. Yeah. That's
1: growth. And how do they respond to that?
0: Um. They're like, uh mostly they're oh okay like you know I I I, I don't think that anyone has ever, I think the friends that I'm still friends with are actually on the very progressive side.
1: Oh, good. Like in their
0: churches, in their institutions, they're like on the very progressive side. That's good. There's not a lot of other people that, you know, however, big, however, big caveat, all of a sudden these jokes were being told again that I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot these jokes were being told. A lot of them were just like casually homophobic. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, even like the term like, oh, that's so gay. Right? Which already is like, okay, like, I get it. You're Gen X. Maybe you didn't get the memo, but no one's saying that anymore. You know, the 90s called, they want their turn back. Can like, you
1: paint the picture a little bit of how that joke ended up happening? Or yeah. do you remember?
0: So, I, I'll take it back a little bit. Back yeah. when I was in college, I was in kind of more like a Korean-American group, mm-hmm. a lot of us were very repressed. A lot mm-hmm. of us were very horny. Everyone's horny, but they're repressed, right? They're holy and horny. Holy and horny. Um, but to kind of, like, release some sexual energy, a lot of the men, they can't touch women, so they're kind of, like, all literally humping each other the whole day. Like, Oh my god, they yeah. did in college! They did, yeah! They try-humped each other. Oh my god, yeah. as a joke. Totally, like, as a joke. As a, uh, totally like, as oh my god, joke. UCI,
1: Asian guys, come on, speak yeah. up. I know you guys didn't own up to it.
0: 100%, like, b- and, and in the church no, was and said, no mo- homo no homo no homo all no the homo. time yeah mm-hmm. all these like casually homophobic jokes because they can't get their sexual energies out oh, in any other way yeah and oh, okay like side, slight side note like when i like see people that i knew back in the church times like out and proud and like living their Yay! life it makes me so happy because i can oh. only imagine like the straight faking they had to do I can only imagine. Yeah. But um, you know, all of a sudden it was like, uh, maybe Abe would say something and they'd be like, oh, that's really gay, bro. You know, and it was like very it was like, ha 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 ha. Um, but I was like really uh, I felt really taken aback, but also I was like, I I, I took pause Mm. because I was like I know what they're I know where this is coming from I know this is coming from sexual repression I know this is coming from jokes that have been spread you know like been told for like whatever 40 50 years now in their mm-hmm, lives mm-hmm. um like I know that th- they are good people and they're actually really progressive and they actually have a lot of queer friends I know that they have kids that they're actually teaching a lot of tolerance and like openness to so it, it's like I have all this knowledge and yet this language is being spoken in my home and I don't want to I'm I, I don't I. I personally I understand if other people feel differently I personally don't want to just be like Shut the fuck up. You don't speak that way in my house. I want to be respectful. And also it's like, it's such a moment, right? Like everyone's like laughing because yes. it's supposed
1: to be like a response to a joke, to a jokey yes. thing. And then like there's a vibe and you don't want to be a vibe killer, right. right?
0: And I don't, I, I don't want to be so close minded towards them. You know, I, I don't want to be True. shutting down a conversation. I want to create opportunities for discussion, for dialogue, for, to insert a gentle boundary, to insert not so gentle boundaries. Um, But I was in a quandary because I didn't quite know what to say.
1: Cause there's two things, right? It's like, A, there could have been one way where you just like, oh yeah, we all laugh. And then in a a moment when everyone's mingling and having drinks, you pull that person aside and have a discussion with them.
0: B is,
1: do you just shut it down? Right. In front of everybody. Exactly, what yeah. Do, so what would did you do, would have done? Uh,
0: so I haven't done much yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have pushed back in my own very gentle ways, but now I, I had a discussion. See, in the moment, a lot of these happen to be Abe's friends. So I, right. what I did was I took Abe aside There's after. layers. Yes, mm-hmm. there's layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be respectful. True. These people are older than me by 10, 12 years, right? We so, don't want to uh,
1: misunderstand each other. No. Yes.
0: Um, and I don't wanna I don't want anyone to have to be on the defense because then you're not really teaching something. You're just you know, creating, I don't know, like a no one wants to look stupid yeah. like
1: in a group of people. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I took A beside and I'm like, hey, oh like we you know, we discussed it after. And I was like, hey, I no longer want to allow that language in my home. And I know that they didn't mean anything bad by it, but I also want to set a precedent that this is not okay. And like to be really honest with our listeners, like I I took what was said and I sat there and I was like, okay, I can like rationalize things, but then I would put, a queer friend into the into the picture and again this is a space with no queer people and I'm sure these people speak differently in front of queer people and that's also upsetting a little bit right because like what's being said about
1: us when no one is present
0: exactly so I pictured one of my queer friends being there having to laugh at the joke because they would um and having to just take it and and realizing that that's one conversation for me but it's thousands of conversations that they've even been either been privy to or excluded from right it's one or the other and and so I was. I felt
1: like Kevin would have had a very witty
2: com-
0: comeback. One hundred percent moment. Yeah, like it must have been so under the skin that your yes. friend wouldn't even know that it's a punch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're gonna take a little breaky break, but I want to discuss in part two how we can move forward because this is a quandary that I have, and honestly, it's a quandary I'm still moving through mm-hmm. and deciding how to how to establish these things. Um, but go tease if this is something like you have faced before, or maybe this is something that you you've you know, you have an opinion about, please write us. At- and,
1: yeah, and also this is not just relating to, you know, just um, queer, yes. queer topics, right? This is like with anything. It's like being ostracized as a minority, as a woman, you yeah. know, whatever the marginalized community may be. Yeah. I feel like it's like, how do we show up as allies, right? But Prisca gave such an amazing example in this, a very intimate, a very real experience. <laughs> so we're going to take a little breaky break and we'll be right back. <laughs> If you're ever nodding along while listening to Two Horny Goats, we love we totally get that we might not always agree on everything, but we're aimed at approaching each conversation with as much safety, balance, and compassion as we can. If you're enjoying this pod, please share it with a friend. Share it over lunch. Share it while you're in the car together. Share it when you don't want to talk. Just listen to us so that we completely infiltrate your mind, body, and soul. We love you. Spread the good word. Stay horny. always been a thick girl, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think this is in my genetic makeup. Mm. Because I've never been skinny, I had to constantly apologize for taking up space.
0: Hi, Goatees. Thanks for tuning in. Last season, we did an episode about fat phobia and binge eating. If you haven't heard it yet, this is a great one to play during your commute this week. And if I'm being completely honest with you all, I had friends, I've seen memes, I've seen it in TV shows where people are like, yeah, I turned to food for comfort. I never understood it. Until I got Ashland and I started to turn to food for comfort. It was the only pleasure center in my brain that I knew how to fire up. In all our years of friendship, these were things we never talked about because we either didn't know how to start the conversation or we just didn't feel comfortable sharing yet.
1: And then my mom used to do this thing. Everything that I ate, she would observe, she would monitor. Mm. And I remembered... Um, sometimes she'll let me chew the food but spit it out. So I, at least I could taste it. Now that I really think back on it, it was a terrible time.
0: We hope you take a listen. Head to twohornygoats.com slash episodes slash fatphobia to listen now. Or find the episode on Spotify and iTunes. Okay, now back to the show.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Wow, shit, shit's getting real, rocks. I'm
1: so proud of you, Priska, because I feel like, um, like I didn't grow up religious, and right. I don't, know, I know like nothing about Christianity. And then like you became right. my friend, yeah. And then I feel like I've dove so deep in like. So like this reckoning that you had as a person, like really breaking through the concrete right. in terms of all the work that you had to do to like find your own path, find yeah. your own mindset, your own voice and how to speak up for others who are your friends.
0: Like yeah. it's not easy. No, it's a process, but you know, as a, it, it It is a process and I'm very proud of it. And I know that it comes with layers. And I feel like every time it's like um, it's like stripping paint off the walls. Yeah. Like every time you get one, you're like great. But then you realize there's more layers underneath to, to continue stripping. And so, like, honestly, like I I don't know that I was a very I don't even know that I was fully an ally until like my mid 20s. And I don't think I became a, a vocal ally until maybe my early thirties, to be honest. I love
1: talking about allyship because it does mean a little bit, something a little bit different to everybody. So what does it mean to you? Ooh. What does allyship mean to you?
0: I feel like it is making the plight and the fight your own. Mm -hmm. Um, Although obviously knowing that you're, you're privileged and you're not going through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But like literally getting, uh, putting yourself, putting yourself in the shoes and fighting like hell, like you know yes. what I mean. Mm-hmm. For the rights, for the voices, for the positioning of whatever marginalized group. And I think one of the one of the things that helped me become a better ally, again, I, maybe it's because I'm a kind of myopic one perspective person. But like when the Atlanta shootings happened, and I don't know. This is like recent, but I remember seeing all the non Asians post about it so many of them just rang so hollow. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, sad. Like, you know, like, ooh. But I didn't feel like anyone was actually standing up for us or doing anything. Right. And then I realized, oh, my God, I've been such a shitty ally. Like, because I think that was the first time in my life that I personally needed allyship, Mm -hmm. to be honest, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and understood it more so in a way where it was like, we don't need your thoughts and prayers, bitch. Like, we don't need any of that we we need you to actually stand up for us and like at the time it was like it was named not a hate crime and I I I I, I just I had no words I had no energy all these things all the things that I'd heard about but didn't understand until I was going through it first person to be honest right
1: right right yeah that's the hard thing right it's like as an ally you I feel like you have to understand what it's like to not be seen or heard yes. or taken seriously. Yes. And so just whenever Ooh, you a have point. a person who is outnumbered, yeah, just whatever similar, similar experience you have had yeah. with that, amplify that right by like a hundred. Yeah. You know?
0: And I also have to call out, like I appreciate you appreciating my journey because it's a group that is That harbors so many homophobic thoughts, intentions, rhetoric. Like like for you to be so accepting of that, I think is I am so grateful for your graciousness because like it's it could be very easy for for both of us to feel a little defensive. But I, I don't because we're really trying to share with each other it's, you know it's it's tough I um I recently did a panel
1: uh, for pride voices with A&E and there was a drag queen on there Latina mm. she's amazing also from Jersey and she yes. talked about like how it's important um to be soft with the other side mm. and she said that she was at like this event and then there were like people protesting yeah you know and then she literally went up to the person mm-hmm. and like who someone holding like a protest sign and like had a conversation with them. Right. And it actually went so much further than like fighting back and retorting back. Cause I feel like we're at a time when systems are being challenged Mm. and falling apart. And sometimes the only thing we know how to do is to yell at each other. Mm. Same way that that like teacher yelled at you that Sunday, but really Friday teacher was yelling at you. Right. And, and because we, when we yell at each other is because we don't feel like we have all the pieces to be able to defend ourselves with dignity and righteousness and confidence yeah uh like uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg you know like she's always really calm and grounded right and so I feel that like we have to acknowledge like Like, sure, the other side may be more privileged in many ways, but it takes a lot of work for you to come and meet us here. Right. And that is something that is very valid. And there's no... You shouldn't compare that. Yeah. Because all the work that you did just hearing your story today on on deconstructing that shit, Mm. that's not easy either.
0: You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a very human process. Right. And, like, I think that both of us being able to sit here and really like meet in our journeys is a testament to like the beauty that humanity can achieve exactly. you know what i mean it's like
1: um it i feel like that's why people need to talk face to face more yeah especially if you're from opposing sides like what you were talking about like yeah. all the performative posting right and all that look it's because we live in a social media age remember it's like all the blml yes. um, blm stuff like the black grid you yep. know or the black box like that's a
0: fucking you know what i'm saying it's like we're all just sure like but what does it really do what does it really do yeah and so i think that is if if you are open to talking about it because i don't want to burden you with it either but i think that a lot of people say on twitter or on threads or on instagram they might call people out on stop your performative allyship but like we always talk about on this podcast it's like well okay what are the breadcrumbs to what is the thing to do. It's really easy. Yeah. yeah. It's a really easy thing to just shut people down. Exactly. You
1: know, two sentences is like, I don't really want to hear your, your discourse. Like I'm just going to shut you down because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, It's uncomfortable to feel that this person who hates me also has a deeper side and like, you know, a reason why they may hate me because of the culture. Right. It's everything that Priscilla talked about, about designing that culture, where it may come from because she came from that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that like what I want from allyship is just like, literally it's not even the big stuff Mm -hmm. it's really in the moment to moment so yes like I'm curious to see the next time that something happens that you'll tell me what you do whether it is you pull that person aside Mm -hmm. you get Abe to pull that person aside you gently make a remark that's like oh that's not not cool now in this day and age you know what I'm saying Like whether it's with humor or with whatever Mm -hmm. like I'm curious to see what action will take on now because yes it's like these little moments in these spaces where you do speak up for us whether it's very light or it's like a whole conversation makes a huge difference
0: 100 and i, I also want to add too. like yeah. i think the cult the people we hang out with like we become the the average of the whatever the five people oh we yeah hang yeah out with, five right? people yeah so it, it's like i'm not blaming anybody on their i get it that that's the language that they're accustomed to that they're around however i think what i realized too is like It was surprising to me and I froze in that moment because I do not hang out with people that don't think the same as me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I feel like coexisting is a very important part of life. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like there's. I don't need everyone to believe what I believe. And I think because I grew up in a Christian background, I'm very sensitive to not pushing people to try and think what I think because I was that was done to me for so long. But I do think like it's important to mix and hang out with other people because even for certain conservative True. you know, even for someone certain conservative groups, I'm someone that makes them very uncomfortable. Right. Because I'm just two or three steps to the left of them. Right. But I'm close enough where they can recognize and and converse with me on a topic, but I'm different enough where it will rub against them in a way that is uncomfy. I think
1: it's just like, if you feel safe to have that kind of discussion. Yeah. Also, it was in your house. Yeah. You know, like energy is very, it permeates. 100%. And also you're such a different person now. Yeah. Like that has to be acknowledged and they could see that too. So I think it's like, um, Again, I just do not feel that being hard Mm -hmm. and violent. If we do that, we're just the same. We just shut people as down as the other side, you yeah. know, and and it, it just it just completely eliminates how layered and nuanced this thing really is, yeah. Right, and and also it's like, look, if you really want to get into it, we were all born non-binary and like gender is yes. a social construct. Thank like, you. If you really want <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like we're all queer, you know. But yeah, but whatever people choose to believe in, like, of course, like, but also, you know, this space, you know, we don't tolerate that. Here some house rules, you yeah. know. Yeah. It'll be done in a very gentle and loving manner. No shoes in the house. Right. No (laughs) No (laughs) fucked up language. No fucked up language. (laughs) Yeah. Just watch yourself. And and, and if you say that, it's like, oh, oops, my bad. Right. Great. Yeah. Progress. That's, you know, and. Oh, or or if they do say it, just like a five dollars oh, in, in the jar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like a swear jar. Yeah, yeah, oh, That'd yeah. be so much fun. I, I know. know. Yeah, like even that, I, I think is fun. And
0: donate it to a great cause. Thank you. Yeah. Donate it to two horny goats. <laughs> thank thank you, you so much. Oh, thank you so much. If you want to <laughs> donate, no, no. But I, uh, you know, I, I'm really curious, goatees, like what y'all's experiences are because I don't think I'm the only person who's going through this, um, but I do know that it is very uncomfortable for me to just talk about because. It makes me realize how much I still have to unlearn. It makes me realize how much, like, if I have access to these spaces, that there are still things I can do uh, to further my allyship and and to further me being like an active ally instead of a passive one. And it you know? makes you so beautiful
1: too, because regardless of what you, a big part of your identity came from that right. past that like that doesn't just go away you know like you have knowledge and insight and perspective in that space and now that you're in this one which is just like you're around a lot of amazing gay people yes you know the best people the best people in the world everyone's a little queer god really hates us like why do they make us so
0: cute why are they so cute why are they so fun why are they so beautiful exactly why are they so colorful it's like it's also it's like of course it matters but also it's like why does it like why? Why I just don't understand why the politics around it are so stupidly black and white. Like it's so stupid. Like, it's so stupid. literally,
1: we could channel all of our energy to so, so climate much, change. So many better things. <laughs> I
0: know. Like, uh, like, gay people are not hurting you. <laughs> like, drag queens are not hurting you. They're not you. hurting you. Yeah, they're just. Living their full expression, and you could, you should be so lucky and to so live in your deepest expression and
1: gorgeous and funny. Yes, and you know they make their own clothes sometimes. Like, come well, they're on, they're fully multi-toned. human.
0: They're just, they're fully human. And that's then, true.
1: I also just love drag
0: queens. And I think, like, <laughs> it, okay, like to be real, I think like all humans have the capacity for a birth of expressions, right? Yes. For uh, like a, a myriad, a a, a wonderful a swath of expressions. But like. Even as a straight person, like, I inhibit myself in ways. And my queer and just open friends help me to, to unlock things within myself that I realize, like, I've been caging away. But that's also because
1: you've allowed yourself to be open and soft with that.
0: Yeah. I, yeah and that true. is the
1: first step is giving yourself the permission to do that, which is very fucking hard. That's true. For a lot of adults. Which
0: is why there's nothing we more, love more than, like, a feminine male.
1: Uh, uh, Come on, say it louder for the people in touch with his feelings. Like, Uh, deconstruct the patriarchy. Oh
0: no, they got a little nail polish on their (laughs) fingers.
1: I feel like that's so hot. I know. Me too. I think it's so hot. I think
0: it's so. uh, I feel like anything that makes
1: you rock your expression and exploration is a fucking sexy thing. 100%. Regardless of gender. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I just want to. I genuinely want to shout out my nephew. I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just super proud of him. We went to his eighth grade graduation and there was a sermon giving. They go to a Christian school. There was a sermon given and it was basically against like all the trans and uh, gay pride stuff at Target. And... Um, I literally was sweating and squirming in my seat because I was like, what the fuck? And Abe's like, Hey, we're just here for him. So let's just get through it wow. and get through the graduation. Oh man! And he came up to us after and was like, so that was really weird. Right. And we're like, thank you. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I just appreciated it because he had such a cogent argument in his mind against like in debate with the speaker, you know? And I was like, okay, I, I I knew I had hope for this next generation, but I have so much hope because even this kid who's, you know, raised in a Christian household, goes to a Christian school. Um, he's thinking for himself and I'm really proud of him. That's
1: because they, he sees the cracks in it just the way you did when you were eight. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, Prisca, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Like, I I know that. It started off talking about, like, how do we stand up and be allies, you know, to the queer community, even to whatever community that is marginalized or just, you know, in your way, if you feel it on your own time, you Mm -hmm. know, like do what you feel like is right in terms of your definition of allyship.
0: What I do want to just say, and I can't in any way represent any institution, but coming from an ex-Christian, knowing how much heartbreak people that are queer that may have been Christians in the past or even are Christians now, how much heartbreak you've suffered at the hands of these so-called religious Jesus-loving people. Mm. I'm so sorry for what you've been through. I'm so sorry. I'm genuinely like, it's one of the things that keeps me up at night that really upsets me. It's affected my family, it's affected, you know, so many people I love and care about who feel to this day the need to hide or cloak themselves or only allow themselves expression in safe spaces and only allows themselves to believe that they can be loved um, outside of the uh, context of fucking God, who is if, she exists, immeasurable, unknowable, and, and, and houses all and everything. And also, if you believe in her, created everything. And if you don't think, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the expanse of creation that should just only build on itself and be more beautiful and be more exponential. And yet we've made it so small in the church. And by we, I, you know, I, I'm not necessarily including myself, but including my past, And I'm sorry because it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's wrong. And we love you.
1: My neighbor Amalia said something that I felt shifted a lot of the way that I thought. Mm. I never really grew up religious. Yeah. But she says, once you put God outside of yourself, Mm. you forget that you are God. (laughs) Anyways, on that note, I hear something coming.
2: Oh my <laughs> god! Is it already time <laughs> for <laughs> uh,
1: Priska? I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> the- She's big. It was like holding in I feel like we've been holding in an unsolicited pick fart for like three months. No, but I, I also I just want to say that was so beautiful
1: and thank you for being so vulnerable and honest. Um And hopefully, there are people listening to this that hear what you're saying, and people who don't have access to safe spaces hear what you're saying as well. And if we reach you, and if Prisca's words reach you, just know that we are holding you Mm. energetically through this episode. Anyways. um, (laughs) Oh, we're in a roller coaster right now. Just like chaotic, unhinged. (laughs) Two horny goats.
0: Two horny goats. We're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back. Have you seen (laughs) Joy? All right, Goti. So at this point, Roxy and I were not aware that we should not be promoting things from struck companies. So just to be safe, we're going to be muting this part. But suffice it to say, she's talking about a really awesome Asian-American movie that you should maybe go see. In accordance to what we've talked about today, have you checked out the new black and here I go again talking about an episode that's actually very apt to what's happening in the world um it might have something to do with a dark reflection either way if you're boycotting this and other struck companies keep doing so we support SAG and WGA and we're standing in solidarity woo okay now back to our regularly scheduled unsolicited picks okay great it's amazing I fucking love it. okay I fucking what's lo- next
1: okay so um I recently, with all the strike shit happening, I've been distracting myself with crocheting. Oh my God! (laughs) You are in your grandma area. I am in my grandma Brother. Like, literally, I was, I've was. i been telling people, I'm like, I think I'm totally fine just, like, letting yeah. go of all my ambitions. Let it go. Moving to, like, a cottage in the woods. Away. And then just crocheting. So there is this um, really cute small business called the Woobles. Oh! And what you do is you crochet little plushies. Oh! And they have, they, like, it's all for beginners as well. So you can learn how to make, like, a little plushie toy. I'm done. Um, so I learned how to make, like, a dinosaur, even though my friend Asia thought it was a frog. <laughs> (laughs) I I, I mean, we're in dinosaurs, frogs. At some point, like, 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 let's be real. It's a fucking dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I made a little whale, and (gasps) now I'm making a little unicorn right now. So it's and then now I'm learning how to make a scarf because now I know (gasps) the basis of crochet. It is so meditative. I know what I'm
0: gonna get for Christmas. I mean, I
1: don't know. Are you good with that kind of stuff? Like, does it does it frustrate you? Like.
0: Um, I'm fine with it. I'm not oh. great with my hands. Yeah, but like you know, I, 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 oh, I like I like something repetitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, really yeah.
1: gets you in the groove. And then like, I don't want to be on my phone as much anymore. I don't yeah. want to be on monitors as much. So like doing something like this, I was just like, oh, grandma's got a
0: going on. I literally love that for you. Thank you. I just I can't wait to have like ten plushies every birthday, on every your graduation, way. On your way. every like you know celebration. I want a plushie. I will. I will make you a fucking plushie. Thank you. With so much love. I would like the Titan Submersible.
2: (laughs) You got it, babe. It's got to be hollow inside. Fresh rise on the outside.
0: (laughs) JK, JK, RIP. Ooh, I don't know. That's bad, right? Oh, my God. Is that bad? Is it too soon? Is it too soon? No, it's
1: not too soon. It's It's not too soon. uh, But
0: nobody's talking about Eh. the migrants. eat the rich. All right, yeah, eat the rich. (laughs) Sorry, don't want to laugh at their pain. I really don't.
1: No, there was a drag show literally at the Alamo Draft House the other day they pretended to be <laughs> the, the CEO. Yeah. And then like it was just they made a song about it. It was horrible but it was also really great. Okay. What is okay. your last pick?
0: Okay. Last one. I just finished reading a book. I feel like I've been slow on reading lately because it's too fucking hot but I finished this in like a few days. Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Mm. It um, It's just like an it's a wonderfully crafted world. It has to do with Shakespeare a little bit, um, but it's written in plain language, obviously, because otherwise thank I couldn't goodness, finish it. Yes, yeah, thank lose God. Like, yeah. What? Brain shot? My last two brain cells? Really? Elizabethan. Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? No. Um. No, I lost the my last two brain cells during tax season, so don't even worry about them. <laughs> um. But this is it's a good book. It's an easy read. It's about Shakespeare's son and uh, his wife. Yeah, <laughs> is it's it, great. Is his name Hamnet. Yeah. Because apparently Hamnet and Hamlet used to be interchangeable names. Oh. Yeah. And it has to do with, like, the plague, and you're kind of, like, you know, thrust into 15th century uh, England. Whoa. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's fun. The main character, she's so, like, just well-written and just interesting and fascinating and it's a little bit magical uh ma- magical realism a little yeah, bit l- yeah, which i yeah. love like a little yeah. like allende kind of vibes you I know i love it so it's really good it's really fun it's an easy read and uh and she wrote another book as well um something about shakespeare's wife i i i gotta pick that up we well.
1: all need a little escapism nowadays just with all this little. heat and like the institutions crumbling down just everything falling you know? around and then us. all those stupid supreme corp you know legislation happening. You know, we just need a we just need a little
0: we need a little joy in our lives.
1: (laughs) A little joy in our lives. Well
0: we've got to go 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 watch some watch some movies and watch some not Netflix. We We gotta 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 watch some some shit (laughs) Yeah. We've gotta share more passwords. Love it. You know what I'm saying? Love it. Let's share all the passwords. Uh, My Netflix password is (laughs) Killian Murphy hangs dong. Exclamation point because you gotta be safe.
1: That's Capital C on the Save Killian Marine. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, we love you guys. We so love much. all of you goatees. Thank you for being here with us for the second half of our season. We're so excited to be back. We're doing it. We're, We're doing going it. In. We're going. And remember, uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to click on the donate, to donate. button to support thank us. You. Thank you. It's a hard year. Well, uh, Until
0: then, have a horny week. My lovely goatees. And remember, stay stay (laughs) whore So the beautiful song that you're hearing right now is Inner Sad Girl by my very dear friend Shin Kawasaki. His work is absolutely incredible. Check him out on Spotify, on iTunes, and enjoy the song.
2: My inner sad girl. I can't blame you for your fallacy Your melancholy, tragedy, Naivety and culpability. You're an innocent girl I can't shame you for your self-pity My worst enemy and refugee The village that raised me I can't listen to you no more same old tales from years ago Spending hours on that moldy chair Taping reruns of ancient shows In a sad girl I'm not selling you modernity But it feels like it's been eternity Since we had that sense of sanity Couldn't be but I want you to be Neither could I be what you want And it hurts to face the mirror That's what both of us know And I know you will never be free but I can never give you what you want And you gave me everything you had you couldn't bear my likely absence when you go
1: is hosted by Roxy and Prisca, music by Abraham Kim, artwork by Connie N. Please visit us at 2 <laughs> <laughs> Have thoughts or
0: questions for us? Email us at hello at 2
2: Okay, bye!